Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought we would take this episode to talk a little bit more about trauma and grief since it's been about a month since this whole thing happened in our city. And Rhonda and I have both suffered through some trauma and grief in our lifetime, too. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. So we just wanted to do a whole episode to go through a little bit more in depth about what happens with trauma and grief, how we work through it, what are some of the signs, um, and how we can get healthy in spite of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of talking a little bit about... um, you know, the shooting that happened here in Gilroy. Uh, I think I mentioned on the Gilroy Strong episode that a lot of times, you know, when it's the first couple weeks, it's Mm -hmm. just all very fresh, very new. You know, I said, I've talked about the media being here. And uh, yesterday I mentioned to my husband, I said, you know, I can't believe that the park is still closed, which was kind of crazy. I know they're doing a bunch of investigation and that sort of stuff. So I get it. But, you know, you just, that's the things that people don't see. And people, you know, you, you, you go out, you know, the more and more weeks you go out from when the actual incident occurred, the less and less people seem to care about it or even want to ask about it. Well, and if you're not from the town, then um, you don't understand the aftermath. Like, we didn't understand the aftermath. When I would hear of a shooting somewhere else, it's like your heart would break, Mm -hmm. but you don't understand. We're living the aftermath now. Things are closed up. There's people who are still suffering. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of PTSD that's going on. I'm reading tons and tons of stuff on Facebook. So Rhonda and I have gone through just grief in the loss of our children, too. And so we just wanted to open that up a little bit more wider today. But I wanted to ask you, I know I've been through trauma in my Mm -hmm. childhood, um, but was there a time that you went through trauma aside from losing your baby? Was there something that like really traumatized you as a child or a young adult that kind of sent you reeling? Well, I think we talked about this a little bit in the faith episode when my dad yeah. went through the, yeah. the, the church issue, right. you know, with, um, kind of being just shunned by the church, mm-hmm. um, you know, even to this day, it'll sometimes it'll trigger like who I who I yeah. let in and who I don't. Like I'm very, mm-hmm. I can tend to be a little bit protective mm-hmm. of who I allow to see my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think next to my daughter dying, that was probably one of the biggest pieces of trauma that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's funny because during that period of time when my dad was going through that, I just. I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, we're never going to come out on the other side. Like mm. this is this never it's never going to be the same. Right. You know, you just feel like this Your is heart's never gonna be yeah, it's never going to be it's never going to yeah. be the same. Like, right. you know, it was even to the point that I wasn't sure that my parents were even going to stay married because it was just yeah. so traumatic and and that was my whole world, you know, my parents yeah. were my stability. So when that gets shaken, I think a lot of times, you know, then trauma ensues and um so yeah, I mean, I probably that was the the biggest, the biggest time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and a little. So 
to go back, like to tell our stories just a little bit, mm-hmm. Phyllis, can you share a little bit about your son, Linton? And yeah, oh, it makes, makes my heart. <sighs> so, yeah, so Linton was born um, with congenital heart disease, and honestly, um, to be 24 karat, yeah, I was already in a shaky marriage, and so you know, we were just praying. Um, that this baby would be the light in our lives that would glue us together. And um, the complete opposite happened. And so I had um, gone through 24 hours of labor with him. Um, My son was nine pounds, 13 and a quarter (laughs) ounces, almost 10 pounds. And um, after 24 hours, they did see his heart having some stress. And so they said, well, I think we'll do a C-section. Why they wouldn't do that sooner? <laughs> Why do you make us go through 24 hours? But that's what happened. So he was born um, under C-section, which looking back, it was probably a blessing that ha- that happened. Otherwise, I would have been home right. when he started to fail. So he was in the nursery and um, his he he stopped breathing. He might have not even made it through delivery because delivery is very stressful for right, the baby. Right, so. right. So he um, was okay, but he was very sleepy. He wasn't nursing. So right from the get-go, there was a little oddity about that. But being 26 years old and a new mom, I didn't mm-hmm. know any different. So, um, you know, it's just a weird place, I think, when you talk about trauma. So yeah. the trauma of having um, three days in... A doctor come in first saying they didn't know what was wrong. They just knew that he stopped breathing and they were doing all these tests. So they were throwing out, you know, names like, oh, um, it could be um, cystic fibrosis. It could be this. It could be that. Like they were just throwing out these diseases Mm -hmm. that you're just like, what what's happening? And um, then they finally called in a heart doctor and they figured out that he was born with congenital heart disease. And so. <clears throat> what happens is uh, three days in, the, so the baby feeds off of your umbilical cord, breathing, yeah. mm-hmm. the whole thing. And then there's a shunt valve that shuts off three days in, and their own organs take over. But if anything is wrong on the inside of that, now they do more 3D ultrasounds now, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't do that back in the 80s. Right. They did a ultrasound. It wasn't a 3D ultrasound, and I'm 26 years old. I'm healthy, and so they there was no need yeah, to you, really you look a further. Yeah, pregnancy. So. Now mm-hmm. they check all those things out with the circumference of the brain, the heart, mm-hmm. the lungs to make sure everything's working right. So I think they can catch it a little bit sooner, but back then, no. And so the trauma was having to say goodbye to this baby that was going to Stanford Hospital, where I was at a different hospital. I couldn't even be there after surgery. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't walk because of the C-section. The trauma of that just uh, soaks into your soul. Mm. And so you you feel, so right off the bat, I'm feeling like a bad mom because I can't be there. Um, You start to blame yourself. What did I do wrong to make this baby? how could I have done things different? Yeah, to make this baby not Mm -hmm. be born healthy. You know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those kind of things come up, and I think um, it took a long time to realize that, first of all, if you don't believe in a God, I don't know how you can't, because when that happens to you, it's like you realize how beautifully 
God develops a baby yeah. because the intricacy of oh, it's it just happens, yes. like you take it for granted mm-hmm. until it's taken away from yeah. you. And then you realize when they told us, you know, Phyllis, the first six weeks is when everything starts to form. And sometimes one little thing goes wrong. It's just, you know, it's a miracle. Babies are miracles, bar none. Yeah. And so, um, so the trauma of that was very, it was crazy. And then I think, um, also having to decide, uh, I had to decide to take them off life support when mm. things didn't go wrong after, or things didn't go right after surgery. They um, came to us and said that he was legally brain dead and his organs weren't working. And so it was just up to us whether we wanted to put him in a home somewhere and just let him live out. Maybe they said anywhere from six months to a year, which he would just be sitting in a bed, like right. hooked up to machines. Um, so that grief and trauma is bar none like no one as a mom ever thinks you're going to bury your child yeah and i think you know with the trauma i mean our stories are pretty similar, similar which yeah. is so interesting i mean we talked about that in our friendship episode about how mm-hmm. you know we had this connection and i do believe that you know when you've gone through some sort of trauma if if you my heart always goes out when i meet a mom who's lost a child right. whether the child is 13 you know or that. you know a yeah. baby and i do know that and i know very similarly um with tiana I, you know I had had a healthy pregnancy previously, so there was no reason for them to check, but I knew in my gut something was wrong. Like, Mm. I knew the day I went in for my last checkup, I remember asking, it it wasn't even the doctor, the nurse practitioner, because I had said to normal pregnancy, they didn't even send the doctor in. They were just like, okay, well, yeah, you know, you should have the baby anytime soon. And I asked for another ultrasound, and they said no. And um, then I went into labor that Monday, and that's when, um, you know, while I was in the delivery room, they said, we can't find a heart. We're having trouble with our heart. Like they kept seeing like right. this fluid. So when your heart's not pumping correctly, there's fluid that builds in the bottom of their stomach. And so they saw that. And I just remember picking up my phone and calling my mom um, and telling her something's wrong with the baby. You guys need to get down here right away. And, you know, my mom, who is just the biggest prayer warrior ever, she just kept praying, Lord, please let this baby be healthy. Please let this baby be healthy. And I... You know, I think her prayers were answered because she became whole in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yet, oh, in the time I was in the that. hospital, yeah. I couldn't. I I couldn't understand that. Like right. I was thinking in earthly terms. Like right. I want her her to be okay. And we didn't even know it was her heart until because they gave me a C section as well. And so mm-hmm. you know they dropped the bomb on her heart's bad. You need a C section. Right. Go. Right. And we were gone. Like yeah. it was just literally. And then you have a C section, and you're not you you know you're on so many drugs. Yeah. So and um, you can't just get up. You can't just get up. <laughs> yeah. And you you know they're trying to get you in recovery. I mean I clearly remember and it it's interesting because I believe that God was in every moment of her birth. I mean, I had a doctor at Stanford that just happened to be there. I say that in your quotes, mm-hmm. um, that day. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, a, that's not mm-hmm. by accident. I happened to have the best heart surgeon be there that day. And I had each of them on either side sewing me up so that I could get to go to be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, she passed in Jason's arms, mm-hmm. my husband's arms, before um, I was able to actually get there but you know the trauma of all of that like um we were i was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about um 
how sometimes your mind shuts out certain memories, right? you know, like whether it's, that's what trauma does. Yeah. It'll, it'll, so you don't remember everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so there are certain pieces that, you mm-hmm. know, I, I ate almost 18 years out and um, I was telling him, I said, you know, it's so funny that you say that because this year, for some reason, I remembered that two days before I had her, I was craving this chocolate lava cake from this restaurant. And so I was asking oh, my husband, funny. I was like, do you remember? I was really sick, but I just wanted chocolate lava cake and and you went and you got it for me and he's like I don't remember that at all but it's just funny because you know your mind shuts certain things down it protects you in a way yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and so I think you know with trauma we have to give ourselves grace to Mm -hmm. and I know that's been my word like I don't know why Mm -hmm. that's been my word lately but grace because you know we don't there's things that are going to come up, you know, mm-hmm. six months down the road, eight months down the road, 18 years, years down the road, 30 yeah. years down the road. Yeah. That brings up like that feeling. That's funny. So I don't know if you remember when we first met and you were still doing the golf tournament yeah. things mm-hmm. and I had come to speak about Linton. And um, do you remember when I said that there was times when I would get depressed around January yeah. and then I couldn't, I, I would forget my son's birthday, yeah. but I, but my body would go into depression and I I couldn't remember. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, two days before or that day, I'm like, oh, it's January 16th. It's his birthday. That's why. But it was like my mind was trying to shut out just even the day of his birth because it was so painful. And I remember talking to some of the other grieving moms and they were like, I could never forget my son's birthday. I just don't. And I said, but that's for me. Well, and a lot of them were sooner out. Like some, some of them were only like when you're two years out, it feels different than when you're 18 or 20 years out because same thing. I feel that way too. I wasn't with the husband anymore. And so it was like my whole life had changed. So I was trying to concentrate on the life I had now, and I I kind of placed him in a, a little corner yeah. because I didn't know where where I you know the, the dad is different and my kids now are di- you know it's right. just, it was just a weird placement but um, I still have uh, now we celebrate his mm-hmm. birthday which is amazing and beautiful my kids and my husband always make sure that we go to the beach that day or we they send me cards or call me and it's. We celebrate Linton because yeah. we love him and we don't ever want to forget him. And um, so I think you have, like, talk about grace. You have yeah. to give grace to know that there are certain, just like you said, there's certain times or things or with any kind of trauma. I remember even writing the story of my life. Uh, there were things I forgot specifics, which I read somewhere that, you know, it is your way of protection. Protecting yourself, yes. Um, you don't remember every single detail, yeah. but you remember how you felt. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I um, I don't even think I've told a whole lot of people about this, but um, I'm going to be doing a devotional book. And I it's kind of about my life, but about how God has, you know, showed me a lot through things that I've been through. And um, I got to Tiana's story and I was like, oh, I think I called you. And I told you, I was like, oh boy, that was like really hard. Like, you know, because it's, it's, I don't, it's not like back. I talk about it every day, mm-hmm. you know, and even though I deal with a lot of women who are going through the grief process and mm-hmm. I share her story and, you know, I don't cry maybe as mm-hmm. easily as I used to about it. Although, right. you know, it just depends it on the time. It waves. comes in waves. Yeah. You know, there's things that um, I look at. I mean, I will tell you that when my my, daughter, my oldest daughter went to college, I was a freaking mess. And I, could, and I know that most parents, like, they have a tough time sending their kids off to college. No, people, like... <laughs> 
like I couldn't even walk past her room without bawling. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, this is like a normal thing. Like, why am I going through this? And after kind of processing through it and talking, you know, to a few really good people that have been through the same thing I went through, they were like, it's trauma. It's you're sending her off into the unknown, you know, know, and I think, you know, when you've had a child that's passed away or when you've been through some sort of traumatic event or Mm. anything, you start to think a little bit more about, am I safe? Am Mm. I okay? Am Mm. I, is that going to happen? What if, like you do happen to them again, you start to do a lot of the what ifs, right? You know, what if this, you know, happens? Um, and I think sometimes, before the trauma, there's this innocence about the way you live life. And then after the trauma, it's just, everything's different. Right. It's, it's just different. So that brings me to the next question is, how do you cope in the aftermath? Because I love that you just talked about that. We have friends in town that have lost teenage daughters yeah. um, or sons. And then now they have these other children that they have to let go. And they're so fearful And so how do you cope in that aftermath? I, you know, because we have such a strong faith, Mm -hmm. I remember um, right after she had passed away, I had this pastor. Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to him because he was a Bible teacher. He was my Bible teacher, too. His name's Charles Charles Self. And he came into the um, delivery room right after she was born. The doctors allowed him to come in. And he took Tiana and he held her up. And he said, we give her back to you. Mm. And that was so so symbolic because our children are not ours. Yes. They are a gift from God. Yeah. And when he gives them to us, we selfishly are like, they're mine. I'm going to take care of them. Um, I'm going to protect them. They have to be here forever. But ultimately, they're his. Yeah. And so I think um, grasping that concept that, Mm. you know, our children aren't ours, grasping that this life isn't ours, right. that, you know, there's there's nothing that we can do to prevent certain things. Exactly. That when you get to that place, yeah. then that's when you can kind of move forward. Yeah. Not forget, but move forward. Right. And it doesn't... Oh, I, oh, don't make me cry. <laughs> We're going to be a mess on this episode, um, people. I think... It's so important because I love that you said that. And it is so much harder to live that than to just, we selfishly want to be in control of our lives, our children's lives, our friend, like we want to be in control. And ultimately we're not. And the sooner you can figure that out in life, and it's not like it's an easy thing to learn and it's it's not like we like it. I'm yeah. not saying it's fair. I hear this a lot. It's not fair. It's not fair. It shouldn't happen to her. It shouldn't happen to me. It shouldn't happen to them. It shouldn't happen to anybody. Right. The fact is, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. You cannot go through this life without suffering, grief, right. trauma, mm-hmm. depression, like these really heavy, heavy things. things because... This life is not perfect. And the sooner you can get to that place, not that you're not going to feel all those things. You Mm -hmm. absolutely have to feel all those things. You can absolutely say it's not fair. You can cry out to God. You can be mad at God. But you have to understand that this life isn't ours. And so the tighter you hang on, I think the more painful it is if something does happen where you just feel um, out of control. Yeah. And the the thing that I think Rhonda and I have come to a place of like, we've had to give our babies back Mm -hmm. and we didn't like it and it wasn't fair. 
And, and it I shouldn't mean, have happened to us, but it did happen to and us. And I'll say this, like when I had Tiana, I had three of my very best girlfriends pregnant with me at the time. So Ugh. the trauma was like 10 times fold because I came home empty handed. All my friends went on to have their babies. I had to get baby mm-hmm. invitations in the mail. Right. I had to, you know, and when, when you're in the middle of that, I mean, I remember not being able to, to, I had to tell myself like, it's okay not to go to that baby shower because exactly. I couldn't even be in a mall with baby strollers. I had so much So trauma. the aftermath of that is, um, yeah. So the thing I had to deal with was even getting up and going to the store Yeah, because, because people you had the baby mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like, where's the baby? Yeah. And so how do you tell somebody in a grocery store line, oh, my baby died. You know, that is a tough, cruel, hard thing to tell someone in 30 seconds and then they're, they feel so there's, it's a twofold thing too. Like some people looked at you, like there was something wrong with you right? and they're like, well, can you have children again? Like right. you had done some catastrophic well, I had thing. One lady tell me it's okay, honey, you can have more babies. And I was yeah. like, just throw that one out yeah, and start I, over. Actually, yeah. Phyllis and I can write a book on things not to say <laughs> not when people are in grief. To, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because you know, just all I could say is watch your words yeah. when people are going through and your, grief and, and your trauma. world is zooming by like you're standing still and the world is zooming by. So that is the aftermath. You have to learn how to cope within that. And that takes time. You are going to run up against these awkward situations with people. You can't get mad at everybody yeah. that says something dumb because, I mean, you can at home. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you have in your to mind. understand, like, they don't, they don't get it. And maybe they haven't gone through that kind of trauma. So they don't get it. And so you have to just get through it, come home, curse whoever yeah. and then you know say okay like tomorrow's another day you just got to keep stepping one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. you can't give up on life because one thing or two things or five things you're going to go through a lot of stuff in your lifetime yeah. like believe me wrote a book and there's <laughs> you know it's like you you have these things that happen in your life that seem so impossible to get through but it's possible because God says I have more. Yeah. You have to keep looking for And you for have to more. know, and I was just telling Phyllis before we started the podcast that, um, you know, the book of Job is like my, that's my guy. So Job, Job's my guy because when I oh, went Job. through, I know Job, when I went through my daughter dying, I think I probably read the book of Job like 500 times. And it's not like the, um, it's not the best, it's book. not the sexiest <laughs> book in the Bible. You should be reading that book yeah, when right? you're going through trauma. But I mean, that was just the book that just kind of came and was placed yeah. in my heart. And, um, I was, I, I so I'm going to tell this story that's really funny. So we, I was in Tennessee visiting my brother and, I walk into Kroger. I think it's Kroger is what they call it. I, I think it's, it's Kroger. 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 So, yeah. No, it's not Kroger's. I think oh, it's okay. Kroger because my brother told me it's not it's the singular. S. Singular. Okay. So I was in Kroger and this man walks up to me. I had my 24 karat hat on and it has right. our Bible verse in the back. And he goes, that's interesting. And I was like, yeah, like <laughs> just kind of an odd question. My goes, face? My fa- what's hat? interesting? And he goes, he goes, that Bible verse. I have never seen that Bible verse on anything before. And I said, well, you know, it says, for when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. And he goes, that's amazing. He goes, yeah, he's all, and he ended up being a Christian man. And we ended up in this long conversation and he was like a life coach. He was this amazing person. Um, But it was kind of funny because it's true. Like we look at certain things in the Bible and yeah, Job's a really depressing book. It really is. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it that way, way, yeah, yeah. he takes everything for him. But at the end, it's Mm. not that way. Like Mm -hmm. God restores him more than he had before. So it's, I think, you know, we need to know that there is no explanation for suffering Mm. and we cannot question 
And it's not based on our righteousness. And it's not. It's not. That's what I was telling Phil said. Mm-hmm. I, I just have, I, the more I study it, the more I realize that the book of Job isn't about Job. It's about God. Mm-hmm. And it's about us trusting Him. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, our biggest pitfalls as people is we can't trust people and we have very little faith mm-hmm. that we're going to see it through. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and I can speak from a place of complete brokenness that I know that and this might sound so strange, and this is super honest, um, I don't regret that the Lord took my daughter Mm -hmm. because there are so many beautiful things that Mm -hmm. came from that. You know, I've been able to help people who Mm -hmm. have gone through grief. I have, you know, just walked through that path with Mm -hmm. so many women, and Mm -hmm. it's given me compassion, and it's given me love for people that I don't know that I would have had that otherwise, you know? And so I don't, I do I wish it didn't happen? No, but I mean, I I wish my daughter was here. Right. I do. But my life would be very different Different, if she was. I always say Linton was my biggest trauma and my biggest blessing. Yes. And so that's where I've placed him because I feel like he has guided me. He he was the catalyst to wake me up Mm -hmm. from my life at 26 years old to say, what in the heck are you doing? Like it was the pounding of it. It was like, um, well, God spoke in my mind saying, start over. And I feel like I had to um, completely get rid of everything in my life, including a child. I didn't want that to happen, but I feel like it was necessary. Now, looking back 35 years later, I can say I think it was necessary for my life. So that's a hard thing to say. Um, I know a lot of maybe there's some moms out there that don't agree with that because they want to hang tight to saying like, no, I want my daughter here. I don't care at all costs. But there are things that we don't understand, that we will never understand. And so I have placed him back in Jesus's arms Mm -hmm. to say, you know, show me what you want me to do from here on out. And and just like you have said, I have ministered and mentored to so many people because of the trauma that I've gone through, they trust me. And do I, do I, did I want my life to be like that? No, but I have had so many blessings in spite of that it doesn't take away from the fact that i completely miss my son mm-hmm. i love my son till the ends of the earth but he is not mine yeah he belongs to someone bigger than me i don't have the right to selfishly have him here if my journey is that i need to find something out of this trauma to make my life worth why i'm here and right. what the purpose is then use me, Lord. Right. Like, just, it's fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, I know this was a heavy topic. This this episode was heavy, and we knew it was going to be heavy when we started. I mean, especially because we, we go deep with our own stories, and, you know, it still brings up, it wells up emotion in us. But I think if you could take this one thing away from all of this and use your story mm-hmm. to share with others mm-hmm. and inspire and don't be shameful of it or, you know, whatever you've been through in your life, your trauma that you've been through, whether it's mm-hmm. grief trauma, whether it's, you know, depression that you've had, anxiety, you know, if you've been through something that that has caused trauma in your life, 
when you get to share that with someone else and someone else can glean from the hope that you have in finding you and know, to peace see your that, happiness yes. at this point, because we're happy. Yeah. In spite of the trauma and the grief we've gone through, we are joyful and yeah. happy with our lives. Like yeah. God has given us so much more. Yes. And so that's what I want people to take away too, is yeah. that you can still find happiness and joy again. You don't have to live in that one little pocket of that horrific thing that right. happened. It doesn't take away from that. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, oh, okay, that's done. Let's move on. No, you will always have yes. that grief and trauma of that situation, but you cannot live there. Do not live there. Yeah. Make your life worth the happiness and the joy. And you only have wants. one life. I mean, oh. you only get to do it one time. So, yeah. you know, and, and we don't know for how long. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, yeah, the trauma and the grief is tough and it's a hard place to walk through. But if we can encourage you of anything today is just to find the joy yeah. in the midst of circumstance and, you know, it, it's a process. We're not saying tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mom who, I mean, I, oh man, I just saw a post the other day and I was commenting on this, this woman that just lost her child and, mm-hmm. and, you know, today might be hard for her, but right. tomorrow's a new day. So you take, put one foot in front of the other and just keep and going it takes a while. and reach yeah. out. If I can, I mean, and yeah. I tell, I say this, we said this in the, the Gilroy podcast that, mm-hmm reach out like mm-hmm. if you're if you're two months down the road and you're like i think i'm okay and then you see you know things coming up go seek counsel mm-hmm. like you know you've got to you've got to seek it out so that you can be healthy because you are no good to anybody if you are just Staying living in the, in same, the place. same place yeah. so um in any case we are so happy that you joined us today make sure you go and subscribe and share and if you could give us a review we'd really appreciate it if you love our podcast we'd love for you to give us a review and we will see you next week we will have another episode for you and have a 24 karat day bye friends. bye